Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. So glad that you could join us today as we gather around the Word of God this Sunday morning. I believe that there's a message from God's heart. I believe everything in the Bible is a message from God's heart. The scripture is inspired of God or literally God breathed. That's why Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. As sure as God breathed upon the, the, the clay that he had formed into a man, Adam, hallelujah, he was nothing more than just a a form uh, out of clay that God had formed. But when he breathed upon him, he became flesh and blood and a living soul, hallelujah. Well, let's get into God's word and get into some life-giving hope today, (laughs) amen, hallelujah. We're going to talk to you about an important message today. Amen. I've entitled this message, By the Help of the Holy Spirit, Sin is Crouching at the Door. Don't open it. Sin is crouching at the door. Don't open it. Listen, I have seen too many defeats in my Christian lifetime. I've seen and am seeing more Christian leaders fail uh, than, than I have ever dreamed I would see. Those that were perceived as mighty men and women of valor that are beginning to fall victim to the enemy's devices, giving in, giving over. Bringing a reproach. I'm not pointing a finger or making an accusation. I'm just telling it like it is this morning. Amen. There is too much defeat. Not only the glaring defeats upon prominent leaders that are falling, but defeats among Christian men and women who should be living a life of victory instead of falling victim to the enemy. We want to address that this morning. How many people in this listening audience, as Christians, if you're a Christian, you want to overcome? You haven't bought into the lie of the devil that that there's no way to live a life of victory, that we're all too weak and the devil's too strong and the culture's too influential and we cannot not we cannot expect what God expects of us, and that is to live a separated life, to be a people sanctified, <laughs> hallelujah, and meet for the Master's use in these last days. I hope you're intrigued by this this title today and that you will stay tuned and listen to this message. Sin is crouching at the door. Don't open it. You don't have to. I don't have to. Amen. We're not, we're not under Satan's control, but he wants access to us. And it is up to us by the help and grace of God. And I want to remind you today, we have access to the help and the grace of God. In Genesis chapter 4, 6 and 7, let me set this up for you before we read it. 
Cain offered a sacrifice unto God that God rejected. I won't go into the whys and the wherefores and, and some of the innuendos here, but, but Abel offered that that God required. Both of them clearly must have had the knowledge of what God wanted and what he would accept. But Cain's offered that, that in disobedience that God would not accept. And because he, he accepted Abel's, and didn't accept Cain's, he became jealous of Abel. He was given an opportunity to repent and obey, but continued in rebellion and disobedience. And the first murder recorded in Scripture occurred, and the first innocent blood was spilled. He opened the door, and like a tiger ready to spring upon his prey, sin prevailed. Sin literally prevailed, and it will always prevail if we open the door, because it is always crouching at the door. You see, you can be delivered uh, in in the sense of, of being translated out of Satan's influence, out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's Son. That occurs at salvation. But we are not delivered from the weaknesses of our flesh. And God gets that. He understands that. And He knows that we're going to be tempted. And, and, and listen, temptation is common to everybody. There is no super state of sanctification where, where sin is no longer an issue. It'll always be an issue. But because it is an issue, we need to seriously commit ourselves to God's holy instructions and God's provision for help for our weaknesses and the weakness that is intrinsic to our flesh. Amen. So now let's see how God is responding. Before Cain goes this far in his anger and jealousy to lead him to murder. Listen. And the Lord said unto Cain, Genesis 4, 6 and 7, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou sh shalt thou not be accepted? In other words, if you, if you will offer the right sacrifice as well, I'll bless you just like I blessed Abel. I'll accept it just like I accept it. And if thou doest not well, if you rebel, in other words, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. One translation, no, more than one, most translations will read this way. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. I like what uh, J. Wilbur Chapman had to say. I'm going to read that to you. He said, temptation is the tempter looking through the keyhole into the room where you are living. Sin is your drawing back the bolt, making it possible for him to enter. Listen, shut de do. One of the songs from the islands that we used to sing in our congregation for many years was shut de do, keep out the devil, 
Shut the door, leave the devil in the night. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Light the candle, everything's all right. Shut the door. Give no place. That's what the New Testament says. Give no place to the devil. That word place means terra firma in the Greek. It literally means ground. If you don't give it to him, friend of mine, he cannot take it. I want to say that again. If we don't open the door, the enemy cannot enter. Sin can't prevail. Now, I'm not preaching or teaching sinless perfection. But the scripture said, do not let sin reign in your mortal body to obey it in the lust thereof. Don't open the door. We're going to find ourselves with good intentions, messing up sometimes, making mistakes, but not because sin is prevailing. It's because we're just human. And and as Paul put it, in my flesh, there's no good thing. And by the way, in your flesh, there's no good thing any either. And if you think that you are sinlessly perfect, or there is no there is no evil uh, tendencies in your weak flesh, then that's the sin of pride, and God resists the proud. But thank God He gives grace to the humble. Someone said by crouching, sin initially appears smaller, weaker, and less threatening. And that's its strategy. Crouching is deceptive in appearance, but strong in position. I want to say that again clearly. Crouching is deceptive in appearance, but strong in position. When I read that, I think of a black panther in a dark night with barely any light from the stars and the moon almost hidden in the clouds. And, and in the underbrush, there's a, there's a panther blending with the darkness. The, it, it seems like the, the, the only sounds that are being heard are the gentle breeze of the night and the sounds of, of the night and, uh, of, and, and nothing, nothing to take, take a, a position of, of, of soberness and vigilance about. Sin crouches first before it springs. It always is deceptive in its appearance but it's ready for attack. And simply by virtue of its nature, it's therefore much closer than we think it is to. In fact, it's at our door, the primary entryway to the most intimate and vulnerable parts of our lives. So God's warning to Cain was that sin is crouching at your door, and it ought to be a vivid reminder to us that sin like a wild animal is waiting for its next victim. If we aren't careful to repent and obey the Lord when we're convicted of our sin or our tendency to sin, it will pounce on us. It will master us, leading us to deeper sin. And if sin is continued, it will bring destruction and it will bring death. The wages of sin is still death. Listen to James 1.15. It says, Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. 
James 1, 15. You see, it says, God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth He any man. Amen. But we are tempted when we are led away of our own lust and enticed. Sin when conceived. Lust when conceived bringeth forth sin, and sin when it's finished brings destruction. Oh, I'd rather have instruction from the Word than to be have the destruction that giving in to temptation brings. Friend of mine, today this is a warning from the Word, and it's also hope given to every one of us who are tempted through the Word of God. Look at this hopeful scripture in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. It said, Therefore hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. I want you to underline that today. Amen. It didn't initially say, be faithful, but be faithful. God wants us to be faithful under temptation. But the only way we can be faithful is because God is faithful to grant us the grace, grant us the mercy, grant us the power, grant us the knowledge that we need to overcome. Hallelujah. Forgiveness if we've, if we've found ourselves locked into something and deliverance from it. Hallelujah. Amen. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you might be able to bear it. Now, I'm going to say something. I don't mean this in a, in a critical way. Don't take it that way. Amen. Have you ever heard this? Based on this scripture, it's an erroneous interpretation God won't put on you any more than you can bear. No, he's not saying that. That's God didn't put it on God. Listen, the book of James says, God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. This doesn't in, it just include the tendencies towards sin, that kind of temptation, and the pull of sin. It also means the way we react and respond when trials and tests come. Amen. The, the temptation to doubt God, even to accuse God and be angry at God, is always present when trials and tests come. So God is not putting it on you. God doesn't put it on me. The devil is going to take care of that. Our weak flesh is vulnerable to it. And God is offering help. <laughs> and God is offering mercy. And God is offering grace. And God is offering power. Praise God. Amen. That we might say with Paul of old, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Amen. He said, in my flesh there's no good thing. Amen. He, he, he literally said, when I'm weak and I trust God and look to God and cling to God and listen to God and obey God, then am I made strong. Amen. I like the Amplified. It said, God is faithful to His Word and to his compassionate nature, 
And he can be trusted not let to let you be tempted and tried beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. When it says that, it's not talking about you in your own resources, your own flesh. He's not saying that. He's talking about what he has given us in Jesus Christ. Listen. But with the temptation, he will always provide the way out, the means of escape. Vincent says a landing place when when you when you when you fall. Amen. Isn't it good to know that he's able to keep you from falling by giving you a landing place instead of letting you plunge to your destruction. Amen. That you might be capable and strong and powerful patiently to bear up under it. Amen. To bear up under it. Remember this principle from the scripture we read, and that is that temptation is common to man. No temptation hath taken you, but such is as common to man. No person is above or beyond temptation. And there's no place of super sanctification where sin won't always be crouching at the door. That's why the Bible said we're to live our life as Christians, to walk circumspectfully and not as fools. What is circumspect? It means in the Greek and it means in the word circumspect to be watchful, literally to be watchful on all sides, to don't take for granted that we have been a Christian for this many years, we we have had this many Bible studies, we've got a certificate for this, uh, we, we, we've, we've went to this class, we've had this course. We need the grace of of God, we need the power and person of the Holy Spirit. We need to check our attitudes. We need to bolt our doors. Glory to God. Amen. Someone said, and I like this, being tempted does not prove that you're evil, but it does prove that you are human. It's common to man. Someone said, and I like this, I'm going to read this to you. Temptation divides the world into two classes, those who fail and go under them and those who meet them successfully and gain strength of character through overcoming them. To the one class, they are stumbling blocks. To the other, they are stepping stones. To the one, they are hindrances. To the other, they actually become helps. It's not whether or not we are tempted. It's how we respond that counts. That's why James 1 and verse 12 says in the New Covenant, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, not if he's tried, but when it occurs, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to them that love him. Amen. <laughs> Blessed is the man that endures temptation. The verb that is used here, rendered endures, is akin to the noun that, that the trying of your faith, of verse 3 of James 1, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work. Amen. That means, you know what one 
paraphrase says. It says, don't always try to squirm out of your trials. Amen. If God is going to teach us endurance, if God is going to teach us how to overcome, we have to endure trials and testings. Amen. That the trying of our faith, being more precious than gold that perisheth, the Scripture said. Amen. I've often said it. I'm going to say it again this morning and continue to say it. Faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. Do you know why? Because it will fail you when you need it the most. You need to have an experience of overcoming your own weaknesses and tendencies to sin. You need to have an experience, amen, of of being able to walk in a victory. I'm not saying sinless perfection. Victory is not sinless perfection. But victory is that sin no longer reigns. That's what the Scripture actually teaches in the New Covenant. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. Don't allow the enemy. It also says give no place to the devil. And the Greek word there is terra firma. It it means don't give him any ground. You know what? If you don't give him ground, he can't take it if you're a Christian. He is not authorized. He doesn't have the authority nor the power. All he can do is tempt you and me to open the door. He'll always be crouching at the door ready to spring in. But it's up to you and it's up to me to shut the door and keep out the devil. Shut the door, leave the devil in the night. Glory be to God. Blessed is the man that escapes temptation by super sanctification. No, blessed is the man that endures temptation. Hallelujah. Amen. Let patience have her perfect work. Amen. Think it not strange, the fiery trial that has come to try you as some strange thing has happened unto you, but God is faithful. Glory to God. Amen. The thought expressed in overcoming by standing true to God, the way of escape, not by never being tempted, nor ceasing to be tempted, but by escaping the bondage When we give in. God is our help, dear friend. God is our ally in this battle. Against our own weakness and against the enemy of our soul. God is faithful. And the word here, faithful, is pistos in the Greek. It means certain. Worthy to be believed. That simply means he's Worthy of our trust. He's trustworthy. We can trust God not to leave us and not to forsake us. Hallelujah. Actually to help us through His mercy and grace. Granting us what we need. Amen. To overcome. There's a second meaning of it. It means observant of and steadfast to one's trust. Word or promise. God has promised not to leave us, hasn't he? He's promised not to forsake us. He's promised to go with us. He offers his help. He's promised 
the Holy Spirit. And that promise was kept on the day of Pentecost. Glory be to God. Another comforter has come. Another paraclete has come. One who is here directly and distinctly in behalf of another. And that's you. And that is me today. Praise God. Listen to what it says in Hebrews 2.18 concerning Jesus and how he relates to us when we are tempted. It says, For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he, see, he was tempted and never sinned, but he felt the pull. He felt it. He felt what you and I feel. He was, why? He was God incarnate. God in flesh. And in the flesh part of him that Mary provided. <laughs> Listen, there was that, that tendency of the flesh. That weakness of the flesh. He didn't give in. But he knows what it is. And he understands you. And he understands me. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted. He is able to succor them that are tempted. That's an old English word translating the Greek word. And it means to give aid. To help us. To relieve. I like the Amplified. It said he is able to immediately run to the cry of those being tested and tempted. Amen. Listen, God will respond to our cry. God will respond to us when we ask for help instead of just giving in and going along with the with the enemy's uh, uh, temptations and the temptation to doubt him and question him and even accuse him when trials come have you ever had it happen have you ever had the devil whisper no he'll scream in your ear when trials come if god loved you why would he allow this why would he allow that wanting to make God the one who has created the evil that has caused the diseases that takes that child and the devastations that, that killed that mother. The, listen, God is not the author of this junk that is in the world. It's the result of sin allowing the enemy to have influence. Oh, friend of mine, but God is faithful. His faithfulness should give us boldness in battle. Hebrews 4.15, I like this. It said, for we, let's begin reading with verse 15, Hebrews 4. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Glory to God. Let us therefore come boldly. That means with courage and confidence unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Remember what God said about His grace to the Apostle Paul? My grace is sufficient for thee and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Glory to God. I say it so many times on this broadcast. 
run to God. Don't run from Him. If we run to Him, He will run to us. Amen. If we draw nigh to Him, He reciprocates. He draws nigh to us. Amen. When we pray, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from from the intentions of the enemy. Help me with this anger problem I have. Admit it. He knows it. You're not going to surprise him. You're not even, and you're not going to hide anything from him. Be open with him. Be honest with him. He understands. There's a throne of grace, and we have access to it, and through it we have access to him and all the grace and all the love and all the mercy and all the power that we need from Him. Glory to God. Listen, give us sufficient grace to endure this thing and defeat its intent to bring sin and death. We cannot always avoid temptation by running from it. We can minimize it. I mean, don't go to that place where you know you're going to be tempted. Don't hang out with those people that are going to to begin to draw you into temptation. Amen? Ultimately, we must run to God. Ultimately, we must look to the Lord for the grace and help that we need. And if we will be open and we will be honest and we'll be transparent with Him, I'm going to tell you right now, we will shut the door and we will keep out the devil. We will leave him in the night. You see, we're not children of the night. We're children of the day, (laughs) children of the light. Glory to God. And sin will not have dominion. We There's too much defeat. And I don't want to just be negative in closing. I want to give you hope today. But we all know there's too much defeat. We need to recognize our weakness. We need to recognize the strategy of deceit of our enemy, the wiles of the devil. We need to put on God's armor. Hallelujah. Having done all, we need to stand and declare victory in the name of Jesus Christ today. If you're being tempted today, run to God. The throne of grace is awaiting And the help you need to overcome is going to be granted through His mercy and His grace. And we're going to find someone who is about to become a victim. Amen. Becoming a victor and standing and declaring that victory. Not just with our mouth and words, but with our life and our deeds today. There's hope for you today. There's hope for me today. There's help for you today. And there is help for me today. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. Christian, I like what David said. He said, I will look unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. So let's look up today. Let's look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And let's run with patience. Endurance. This is not a wind sprint. This is an endurance race. 
It's not how fast you're running. It's whether or not you keep on going. Hallelujah. Someone said the race is not always to the swift, <laughs> but he that keeps on running. A lady in our church, Sister Marlena, used to sing so many of our services. I've been running for Jesus a long time, and I'm not tired yet. I'm not tired yet. Friend of mine, I've been running a long time too, and I'm not tired yet. I can see the finish line up ahead. I'm inspired to not look back now. Amen. For now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. Let's run full out for Jesus. Let's stand in victory. And let's bring glory to our King. <laughs> Hallelujah. And let's be ready for the soon coming of Jesus. If you don't know Christ today, don't run from Him because of your sin and shame. Run to Him. Repenting of your sin, receive His pardon and be sealed by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name.